Hi, my name is Kenyan Solana Fuoshi, and this is The Now, where young people aren't just the future, we are the now. Today I'm talking to Capano, an interdisciplinary artist and activist, and let's just get started. So the first question I normally ask is, like, why do you do what you do? Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, why do I do what I do? Well, I think, not I think, but the first reason that I do what I do is because I love it. Like, I live breathe, sleep, just like music, art, and social justice and activism. Uh, I think it's very important to have representation and just talking about like my black queer trans experience as like a non-binary person is really important to a narrative that is not inclusive of that. Um, I think that it gives me the ability to have a perspective that a lot of people don't see, and I want to share that. I just like sharing. I like informing. I, I just love doing what I do. It makes me happy. Awesome, thank you. Um, so just to get a little bit into your musical like history, when did you first discover singing and songwriting? Um, I like started listening to like, All American Rejects when I was in fourth grade, and I really wanted to learn It Ends Tonight, so I learned it on piano. <laughs> and I started teaching myself piano, and I really started taking vocal lessons when I was a freshman in high school, um, and I started performing my junior year of high school, I was like in my first band and I met these amazing musicians. It was called Kemu. And then I did like a little duo thing, then I'm doing my solo thing. So like, yeah, that's pretty much my musical history. But I've been playing violin since I was four and I stopped when I was 16. So yeah. So a lot of people like have those, some of those experiences with music at a young age, but what would you say made you start to see it as like a career, you know, something that you wanted to do, not just like in your spare time, but like as part of your day-to-day -day life? Yeah, I, when I was 13, I, would, I wouldn't go to lunch. I would just sit in a practice room and practice piano and sing all the time. Like all I did was sing. Like I didn't, I felt like I didn't talk to a lot of people. Even though I did, I had, like, a good reputation. I think it was mostly because I sang. People didn't bully me in middle school. Um, they're like, oh, my God, Kofana can sing. Like, that's so cool. And I was like, wow, thanks, because I can't dress. I can't talk. <laughs> I can't do anything else. Um, but, yeah, when I was 13, I was just always practicing, and I always really wanted to sing in front of audiences. But it was when I was in KMU that I was like, oh, my goodness, like, this is a feasible thing. Like, I could actually be somebody. So, Yeah. Um, what would you say are, like, the challenges that you faced when you first started doing music, like, as a career? Um, and how did you deal with those challenges? When I first started, I found a lot of similarities in all my writing. I wasn't really satisfied. I wasn't exactly sure how to write. I just kind of freestyled, and then I was like, okay, so that's the song. <laughs> and I thought it was really impressive that I could write a song in, like, ten minutes. Like, I thought that was so cool. Um, now that I've gotten older... I take a lot more time and patience with my music, so much more time. I, like, will record an entire song in a day, like the rough draft, and I won't touch it for two months or, like, three months, mm -hmm. and I'll come back to it, and I'll be like, okay. Like, I do what I want to do when I feel like it, when my soul feels like it. Um, and that was just kind of how I overcome things, just, like, patience. Um, I, like, honestly have repressed a lot of, like, my younger years <laughs> just because, like, <laughs> life is traumatizing. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't exactly remember how I worked through those, like, beat by beat. But um, I know it took a lot of patience and a lot of friendships to help me conquer things. And writing with people has also been very helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, this isn't even, like, shade, but that just reminded me of, like, that thing when Migos released their album and it was like, yeah, we wrote 
every song on this album, we wrote them in like eight hours, and everyone was like, yeah, we can tell that you wrote these eight hours, and it's very, but clearly growth, like you're in a different place now, and that's like really interesting to hear. Um, my last question on like your musical history is, um, I, I'm not sure if you still define yourself like through jazz, but definitely at the beginning of your musical career, I think. Um, so I was just wondering, like, what is it about jazz that, like, stuck out to you as a genre and, like, made it so attractive to you? Yeah, when I was, like, 14, um, I started taking vocal lessons, and my teacher was like, have you ever sung jazz? And I was like, no, jazz is for old people. Like, what? Then I grew up. But, like, what really, because I played violin, and I just couldn't understand the nuances of violin. And I would, for, there's a moment where I was singing and playing violin, like, studying both pretty intensely. And, um... What drew me to jazz was that I had freedom. Like, I could improvise. And my teacher told me, like, yeah, you can improvise. Like, I was like, wait, I can do whatever I want. And then she was like, yeah. I was like, bro, it's lit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so I really like improvisation. I like freedom. Um, It's interesting, though, like, going from, like, starting off playing jazz and just being like, I can do whatever I want to do. And then going to a jazz conservatory and seeing what those limitations are all of a sudden. And just, like, in, like, a performance aspect and a professional aspect where the people view jazz. Um, it's very interesting how those things change. But it's cool. I still rock with jazz pretty heavy. I mean, I'm studying it, so. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that st- that process of studying it has changed your, like, performance of it? or? Definitely. I um, It's so easy to wow people when you're, like, 16 and you can belt and you can scat to a degree. But, like, as you get older, you're not going to be impressing people by doing the same stuff you were doing three years ago. So whenever I'm at school, I go to, like, Ober- I go to Oberlin College and Conservatory and studying economics, jazz vocals with a minor in Africana studies. Um, going to school, I will, like, sit in a practice room for an hour to two hours just practicing, just, like, spend, like, 10 minutes, 20 minutes warming up alone. And then working on my scatting, transcribing other musicians, um, like it's a lot of work and it definitely has changed my perspective but I really like that work I love having that space to work because when I come to the city now it's time to actually be working like <laughs> gigging and stuff so it's um, it's like my friend described it perfectly like Oberlin is like that far away like do- dojo that the superhero goes to <laughs> to like study and like get their stuff together before they go into the world and like defeat all the bad guys that's kind of how it feels like to me mm-hmm. it's like I get to go to this place be serene and like study and like tackle all my internal vices and then come back home and see how like the mechanisms I've developed to make myself a better person not just a better singer if they actually world and if they work in a real world setting Hmm. so I wanted to ask a little bit about your process for writing those songs um just do you have a specific ritual like practices that you use so both what you do like, whether that's part of what you do when you're at school or things that you used when you were younger to do songwriting? I um, I really just sit down, hum some notes, figure them out on, like, guitar or piano. I just let my fingers find what they need to find. And then once they find what they found, I just start singing. And um, I freestyle sing. I'll sing random lyrics and stuff, but I'll have a voice recorder going. And I'll, like, record the whole thing, and then what I'll do later is I'll go back and I'll type up all the lyrics. And then I'll go back over the voice memo, and I'll just, like, edit the lyrics. I'll write what I actually want to write about. And then I just do that a few times. I, like, improvise, go back, see what I like, take what I like, leave what I don't. And I just, like, rewrite it all out. I feel like that's, like, a cool balance of, like, intuitive and, like, 
natural and just like going with what your like body tells you, especially with your like fingers and like having, I don't know what the word is, but you know, like more rigid, like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you yeah, let structure. it have structure. Yeah. <laughs> words. Oh, you have the feelings and you have structure. I'm so bad at speaking, but I hope you can understand <laughs> no, no, what I'm saying. I and understand. I think that's really interesting. How do you handle like writer's block? Oh, when I'm at writer's block, I just leave it alone. I just don't do anything. Um, I have been reading more lately. I think recently I've actually developed my writing process. Before I just kind of wrote songs, and if I felt like changing it, I would. Or I was like, oh no, I can't get around to changing it. But this summer, after going through like a really intense musical discovery away at school and even coming home, I really found the patience that I've always wanted with myself and stopped rushing myself. So yeah, whenever I write this block, I just don't write. Or I go read a book. Like, I go read some poetry or something. Or, yeah, I, um, I'm i not going to force myself if I'm, not, if I'm not feeling anything because forcing myself to write just makes myself disdainful of what I've already written. Mm-hmm. makes myself disdainful of music, and I'm not trying to hate what I love, so. True. Um, kind of on that note, how do you know when a song is done and you're done editing and making changes? Um, I don't think I'm ever done. I just say, okay, we're going to stop there. <laughs> Because there's, like, there's just so many avenues to go down. So then sometimes when a song is, like, I guess, finished, I'll just take whatever was left over from that and I'll throw it in another song or incorporate another song. Um, yeah. I mean, I just know it's done when I really feel like, okay, I said all I need to say. And, like, I love talking, so I can always say more. But I'm like, okay, this is the most concise way of saying what I yeah. need to say. <laughs> yeah. Something that's also interesting in, like, the songwriting process and I think is challenging for a lot of people is, like, collaboration. Maybe not challenging, but can, like, scare a lot of people. So I was just curious about how you work on collaborating or how collaborating with other artists is for you. Collaborating is hard. And for me, it's difficult because people be out here, like, transphobic, homophobic, misogynistic, like, supporting all types of artists, like, I don't support X extentation. Like, I really can't even say the names, dude's name right. Like, I, I can't, I just cannot fold for that. And um, people just be coming out the woodworks with their faithfulness to oppressive ideology. And so the way that I try to approach collaborating is that, like, I really collab with, like, I like to get to know people before I collab with them. Or if I see that, like, they've collaborated with one of my friends and I really like it, then, maybe, uh, then I'll probably skip that stage. And I'll just be like, hey, let's collab. And um, I, I just get very weary of, like, people exploiting me or, like, people hitting on me when mm-hmm. I'm, like, trying to collab with them. And that's also weird. So for me, like, collaboration is difficult because of my socialized identity and then also because of my own ideology and my own morals. Like... I just can't rock with someone who's just out here saying X, Y, Z, you feel me? Yeah. Or, like, out here wearing, like, the shikis and you're not black. Like, I just... Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Just, it's just not who I am. It's not what I can do. So that's the hard thing. It's, like, finding somebody who's understanding, um, inclusive, and respectful of my identity and other people's identity. Um, but I definitely just look for a good nature in people and a will to learn and grow. Yeah. So once you have, like, that relationship with that person and you're ready to, like, move forward with it, what have you found to be, like, the best way to move through the whole creative process with that person? Oh, like, linking up one-on-one and just, like, playing some stuff, like, writing to it, trading with each other, 
um, communicating one's ideas. If I feel like I can't say what I want to say and, like, and, like, be honest about how I feel, then, like, I'm probably not going to pursue that collaboration anymore. But just, like, clear communication on how the, I think the music's going. Just really meeting up and just rocking with it and seeing how everybody's doing on, like, what page, like. Because it kind of varies. Like, you know, like, there's, like, lyricists. Like, I'll, pro- I'll write with them. But, like, with, like, uh, musicians, like, I'm not the best at guitar and piano. So, like, I'll bring them. Yeah, what was a freaking thing at my old band and even now is that I'll bring people chords. Um... I'll write out a chart or I'll have someone help me write out a chart and then I'll give them the chart and I'll let them play. Mm-hmm. And I'll, like, play it for them and I'll sing whatever, whatever. And I just give them the chart, like, the lead sheet, and I'll let them play whatever they feel. So, like, that's... that's In those instances, collaboration has been best for me is when I'm able to just, like, give people a sheet of music and be like, whatever you think it sounds like, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so you mentioned that you did, like, you were in KMU and then you did, like, a duo, and now you're doing solo. How would you say that, like, what would you say is, like, the difference for you um, between putting music out with a group, with a duo individually? It's harder. Um, KMU was, like, hard because it was, a li- it was a live band, and we only wanted to record, like, live band stuff. And um, that was difficult, but it was also, it was easier in the sense that I felt much more supported because I had musicians with me who had, like, the same goals, like, same dreams. And so we were, like, very dedicated and, like, we wrote together and we chose together. And it was just really, really, it was like being in a family, like a musical family. And then um, with my duo group, it was um, me and the keyboard player from K-Moon. His name's Tony. And that was really cool. Like, that was actually, like, it, it was really nice. It was really nice because Tony plays keys. Like, he's amazing. So I never had to play piano for myself. But then what that ended up doing to me was that he became very much a crutch for my music. Like, I became very insecure about songwriting on instruments. I only wanted to write, like, lyrics, really. My fingers felt very foreign to piano. And that's when I picked up guitar. Um, and I started coming to myself. And then with myself... Um, today I actually, like, produced, like, my first song, like, in, like, a really long time. I was, like, this morning, uh, yeah, I was producing, and I was, like, I, like, it's all about investment, so, like, I, like, invested in this keyboard at the beginning of the summer, and then I just, and then I was, like, writing music, and I was, like, man, like, whoa, I'm doing that. (laughs) So, it's, like, being solo is hard because, like, a lot of it is self-will, a lot of it is self-support. But it's also really nice because you have all the freedom in the world to, like, do whatever you want to do. You move at your own pace, and you develop your own techniques and own musical understanding, and you don't have to depend on other people. And I really like that independence. I really love that power I have over myself, and I really love the confidence that I'm developing as a solo artist. Just, like, walking a room for, like, I don't know how many people are, like, playing music festivals, and it's just me and my guitar, and it's, like, me and my backing tracks. And, like, that's, like, some guts, you feel me? Like, there's a lot of energy in the room like I used to always think that I needed a big band in order to accomplish anything but the first half of this year and the latter half of last year has proved that to be untrue I can be just me yeah um I have a question about like putting together so aside from a song putting together like an EP um so one of your releases just in time for love EP um, it's you wrote that it was like a diary spanning all these different experiences with love. And so I'm curious, like, did all those experiences and all those songs, did you create them like separately and then like pull them together for the AP, for the EP? Or were they all like you sat down to write this EP and then you just like 
boom, boom, boom. So it's a five-track EP. Half of those songs are by my ex-boyfriend. He's a really cool dude. So, like, I was initially writing him a project for when he was, because I was, he was in college, I was in high school, and initially I was writing it to re- as, like, a present to him for when he went away to school. I wrote all these songs, and it was, like, holding your wrist, um, come home, and then, um, is it the way it was, like, kind of about him? Kind of not. I don't know. It's kind of weird, my writing process. Like, my songs won't all be about the same person. Like, I might have one line about a different person, like, mm. a different experience yeah. than the rest of the song. But it's, like, so wild. It's really funny, though, because, like, <laughs> the person thinks it's all about them, and yeah. I'm, like, 90%, but okay. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I am... Um, so I kind of, I wrote these songs definitely with the intention of making this project. Like, I wrote, I was like, this project is going to be all Just In Time For Love. And, like, I started off, I think Come Home was the first song I wrote. I actually wrote it, like, I think two years or a year prior to even releasing it and a lot of the other songs. But, yeah, just so, sat down. I was like, this is going to be about this. And then wrote about it. Yeah, I think obviously like all music is about, all art is about personal experience, but with your music it like really shows through that this is, you know, a deeply personal experience which is really amazing. Um, Something that I think some people might be nervous about is like when you're writing a thing that's so personal, it's like, A, like, is, are other people going to get it? Like, is this something that it's just me and like, will anyone be able to relate to it or will people not like it because they're just like, what is, what are they talking about? Like, (laughs) yeah. Have you ever felt that or... Um, I definitely did, and I feel that way about, like, Just In Time For Love especially. Um, I was, like, not so much, like, are people going to understand, but I was, like, I care so much about people understanding. And I've been doing that less. It's really weird because Just In Time For Love is my only project out. Other than that, I just released, like, two songs this year. And, um, I mean, I've been featured on, like, a few other songs, but... I'm just very different from who I was when I released that project. So it's like whenever people like talk to me about Just In Time For Love or play Just In Time For Love, it's like this really weird like disassociating that happens. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and like now I'm so much less concerned about people understanding. Like there's certain songs that are just so personal to me that it's like, it's just about me. It's like, you either rock with it, you don't. I don't really care. I'm writing for myself. And if you can relate, then I really appreciate that. And even if you can't relate, but you love it or like it, then I also really appreciate that. I think that with songs like Healing, though, like, Healing was, like, an ode to not just myself, but that was actually about a lot of my friends who just, like, we had to grow up so fast in order to, like, learn how to survive and, like, is having a lot of my friends my age who, like, have their own apartments just because their parents don't rock with them or, like, because they need that independence or whatever it is, you know, like, we're all in this process of healing. And I wrote it when I just saw myself becoming somebody that I didn't like. And I was like, whoa, 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 we're going to step back, um, have some patience. We're going to heal. We're going to work through this. Um, so, like, that one was the one that had the intention of, like, meaning a lot to more than just me. So, mm-hmm. like, if I write with that intention, I write with that intention. Um, but when I do have songs that, like, other people may not understand, I mean, we have mumble rap, bro. Like, we have mumble rap. We have songs that literally have one line that don't make sense, and people are still bumping it. So, honestly, people understanding my music cannot even be a concern because, like, like, (laughs) and then, like, not even, like, not 
And I say that not in a way to bash those genres. Because, no, like, we're bumping it because, like, it's raw. You feel me? Like, people listen to it because they enjoy it. And that's cool. You do what you love. But I think, yeah, I don't really... It's not a big concern of mine for people to understand what I'm saying. When you are performing songs that have a deeply personal meaning and it's a very vulnerable position to put yourself into, have you always felt comfortable doing that? And if you haven't, what do you think has, like, made you feel more comfortable with that? I think I've pretty much, I think I've felt pretty comfortable performing for a really long time. Like, I love performing a lot. I love sharing. I love talking to people. Like, (laughs) um, I, um, there have been times, though, that, like, I've gotten very emotional on stage and, like, I've just kind of started crying. (laughs) And not, like, sobbing, but just, like, I remember, like, I did this show last summer at the Promontory. And, um, last summer was a really difficult summer for me. And I was still performing with Tony at the time. So we did this. So I did like half of it solo and then half of it duo. And we did Blessed by Daniel Caesar. And I'm getting to like the bridge, like, I'm coming back home to you. Like that part. And I start crying. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, what is happening? And I was like, oh, sorry. Like, I seen it. And I just like stepped away for a moment. And then I finished the song. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't mind it. I don't mind the vulnerability. I like transparency. I like honesty. I don't like putting up a front, so it's cool. You kind of talked about this a little bit. For songs that deal with, like, your personal experiences, is writing them a way of working through that? Or is it, like, I need to work through it personally and then I have the distance to deal with this and then I can write about it? Oh, writing is the way that I work through it. I, like, just finished this song about this one shorty that I just, like, kind of, like, finished, like, wrap things up with. And just, like, ended on such a wild note. Like, it was, like, wild. <laughs> the way things concluded themselves was, like, what is happening? And I wrote this song, and this song makes me so happy. Because I was like, yo, this song's a banger. And I feel like finishing this song just gave me closure. It was, like, I, I love writing, like... It's how I work through things. I used to not be able to, like, communicate when I was younger, so I would just sing and stuff. And I would, I, sometimes when I'm home and I'm, like, really out of it emotionally, I'll just be, I'll pick up my guitar, find some chords, and I'll just sing and be crying and singing at the same time because it's, like, that's how I feel through things. That's how I'm going to, like, get it all off my chest. Kind of, again, on the songwriting portion, or actually just, like, on your musical process as a whole, like, how you're activism is connected to your music and to other performance that you do. So if you could just, like, discuss that a little bit. Yeah. um, Once my friend T said that um, queer, like, love poems are an act, are, like, a revolutionary act. You feel me? Um, So I'll be writing, like, really gay stuff. And that's, like, hey, like... I was, like, playing in the suburbs, and I, like, definitely was singing this song about this girl I had sex with. And I didn't realize people, like, don't do that in the suburbs. <laughs> so, it was kind of wild. Like, I didn't understand the look on people's faces until, like, later my friend filled me in. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I wish somebody would have told me, but also, like, I already did it. So, I don't know. I'm going to go take a nap now. Like, um so there's that. I mean, like, I released, like, Black EP, which, like, nobody talks about, which is, like, just, like, it's just, like, a two-track EP. And it's just about, like, my black experience and, like, um, and just, like, my frustrations with, like, um, being black and my relationship to, like, 
hierarchies and like the government and just all like all this stuff that just like is not for me but like disguises itself as such is that but I think that like my activism primarily shines through like my like performance art piece which I've only done one of and I want to do more of and I want to do like photo shoots and stuff like Black Women Spectra was like a really personal piece to me because I don't let people touch my hair and the entire performance is people touching my hair and like it's just wild and like I ended up shaving my head um um a month or two later just because I'm really connected to my hair but yeah what was the question <laughs> I think you answered it it was just like how is your activism part of your art yeah that's so it so it's just it's just talking about my, my identity and it's like this is what Capano does and what Copano does is deeply influenced by Copano's socialized identities, like what society understands me as and how I understand myself, categorized by these by this language that is oppressive, but like I don't have any other way to explain it. Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned the Black EP because my next question was about that. There was one of the songs called March On. I think your little sister was featured in the video. I was just curious about how that came together in terms of, like, the musical layers of it? The whole EP came together. I think there was initially supposed to be three songs, but I was like, nah. <laughs> and it came together because, like, last summer I had sprained my ankle, so I couldn't go to, uh, or not last summer, two, sum- two summers ago I had sprained my ankle and I couldn't go to this um, Black Lives Matter march that um, Youth for Black Lives was hosting. And I couldn't go. So then uh, my boyfriend was like, oh, let's just go outside. We'll make some music. So, like, he, like, brings out, like, a recording mic and, like, his keyboard. And we write, like, three or four songs just improvising. And I was just talking about my frustrations that I that I voiced earlier. And um, so March On specifically. Um, so all the keys in there weren't edited. Like, all the piano was, like, played once, and that's all that Tony left there. He just left that, like, didn't touch it. I re-recorded my vocals and like I added some backup vocals and stuff and whatnot. But like the little story at the end is supposed to be like a bedtime story, and um, I had my sister read it. I wrote it out for her, and then I had her read it. And we did like probably like three takes of it, and it was just really nice. It was just like, yeah, I wanted to be I wanted to be a bedtime story about like black princesses, cause like that's raw. You feel me? Like how many bedtime stories? Like come on, Rapunzel. I don't know if that's a bedtime story, but you feel me, princesses and mm-hmm. stuff, they're always white, bro. I'm tired. I need to take a nap. Like, no, can't do it anymore. So I was like, hey, um, here's, like, this little girl who's, like, encouraging her kingdom to, like, keep marching on. And, like, I think that's who black women are or those that we perceive as black women. That's who they are to a revolution is that they are pushing from the back and pulling in the front. And even though they may not be appreciated and they sacrifice so much, still the people carrying so much weight and just really inaugurating these revolutions. Read me bedtime stories Hold me in the wake of the Let me fly away 
They were blacksmiths, farmers, shopkeepers, protectors, performers, anything you can imagine. But when things got tough, when others would turn their backs on them in disgust, not wanting to see them grow, Princess Kami would always tell them, No matter what they do, no matter what they say, we conquered, we won. Yes, we have a long way to go, and it may not feel like it now, but trust me, keep your head up, and all you have to do is march on. on that note a little bit, what would you say are like other themes, ideas that influence your work? Well, the sun, like nature. I rock nature, my spirituality. Like I just wrote a song about full moon, called full moon, um, about how I'm gonna use like the full moon to get rid of this person in my life. (laughs) And like, so my spirituality, I mean, like, recently my friend CJ, um, CJ Run, who's, like, a dope rapper, they, like, I heard, I was listening to their music, and, like, I saw them perform, and they talk a lot about, like, astrology in their music, and I was like, man, why don't I ever do that? Because, like, I love astrology. Like, I really, I'm really into it. So, like, they definitely inspired me to be so much more personal in my writing and, like, so much more me in my writing. Um, I think uh, my mom does. She's a cool person. I just, like, always like to shout out my mom. And... I don't know. Nature, my identity, my life. Going for runs in the morning. Just like my connection to the world. Yeah, what's your sign, by the way? I'm a Scorpio. Mm. Yeah, Virgo rising. (laughs) (laughs) And a Sagittarius moon. Got it. A lot of people struggle to make music that feels like them, especially because there are so many, like, influences, sounds that we just hear everywhere. Um, how do you think that you've developed your voice in music? You know? Man, I think I'm just getting there. I mean, I, I think it's, it's just always growing. Like, I was listening to Raven the other day, and uh, I her, like, Project Moon Shoes came on. It was, like, on Spotify Radio or something. It came on, and I think before that, I was listening to the Night Song, and, like, her growth and her sound is incredible. It sounds, she sounds amazing. And, like, she's always sounded amazing, but, like, you can definitely hear just, like, her finding her voice and, like, just really, just, like, finding that sonic center. It's amazing. Um, And for me, um, just, like, constantly writing, constantly writing and, like, writing for myself, like, writing to myself and not caring about 
how this will be perceived by others as long as it's not like offensive which is something that I don't think I would do you feel me (laughs) it's not really who I am as an offensive person I don't think um but like just writing constantly writing all the time my friend Eva told me I should just keep writing because she could hear the growth in my writing so I just keep writing 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 writing. and then whatever I don't like just leaving that and whatever I do like taking that and like growing with it exploring and expanding on that and pushing myself challenging myself being like you can definitely write something better than that like this is way too easy like you use these lyrics all the time or like you use these chords all the time or like there's only two chords in this song you need more just like really challenging myself has helped me develop myself yeah. So now I have a few questions about like the business side yeah. of music. Do you handle like all your like bookings and stuff and like your events or does someone else help you with that? Yeah, I do all my booking. Wow. <laughs> all my events. That's a lot. Um, most of my flyers like that I if I'm hosting something unless it's like co-sponsored, I use I feel like I do most of my my flyers. I like find the album art, the photo shoots. I do everything, reaching out to people. Yeah, that's all me. What has that been like? Um, Stressful. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, a lot of my friends have managers. I don't have a manager. I can't trust people. I'm a Scorpio. No, but really, I, can't, I don't trust people. Um, but it's also cool because I have complete autonomy, and I've developed my own image. But it's challenging because I feel like I'm not well-equipped on the business side of music. I don't feel like I fully understand it. Or, like, I don't exactly know how to maneuver it. But it's definitely been a wonderful learning experience. Like, I'm able to respond to emails so much faster. I used to, like, spend, like, 30 minutes, like, editing. Like, is this sound right? Does this sound right? And I'm like, bro, 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 it's chill. It's chill. You feel me? You got it. Because I did all the booking, the social media, everything for KMU. I did all that. So doing, like, my solo stuff was pretty easy. I think that what's amazing is that I have, like, cultivated community and a network for myself that... I don't really have to reach out to people as much in order to be booked. A lot of people reach out to me. Like, I have, like, people who book me quite frequently, like AM, FM. Like, I love Sierra, Party Noir. Like, those are all, like, people I really rock with and who really rock with my music and have always supported me artistically. So it's really beautiful to have that and just for people to find me and then just, like, get an email. Like, I performed at some um, colleges this past school year, and that was wild. Like, I was like, whoa, you want to bring me to your college? Like, you're going to pay? Like, <laughs> You're going to pay for, like, a bus to take me there? Like, what? So um, that was really, really, that's really cool. Um, It's stressful, but it's also really cool because I like being alone. And I like this identity I'm formulating. And um, doing everything by myself really just shows shows me what I'm capable of. Like, every day I prove to myself that I'm capable of so much more than I could have even imagined. So I really like it. Yeah, how do you... um decide like what venues and like what shows that you're playing um there's a lot of things that goes into play so I think what I consider is like the pay definitely is like a big thing um the more paid gigs I have the more I'm able to subsidize unpaid gigs if I'm able to cover the transportation and I don't have like like I try to keep it to one gig a week at most and as long as transportation can be covered, I'll probably do it. As long as I like what the organization is about, I'll do it. As long as my voice feels okay or, like, I feel prepared, then I'll do it. 
It's just all like it just has to be good things. It can't be a toll on me, like a financial toll or an emotional toll. Um, if people are able to meet me halfway, I always like whenever I'm like having difficulty booking something, I try to I leave at the end of the message like um, I would appreciate full disclosure and transparency during this like negotiation so that we're able to find something that like meets that we're both able to meet. And I love when people are like oh, like, I understand your request, but I'm unable to meet that. I love when people say that because it's like, okay, thank you for telling me. Like, thanks for not lying to me. Thanks for responding in the first place. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of things. Just It's about the people, the place, the pay. I guess the three Ps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, another P. How did you learn to produce? And, like, what has it been like being able to do that on your own music? The four Ps. that's nuts. Um, cause like producing is like something very recent. Like this summer I was like, I'm going to produce because I, I don't know. I'm just tired of reaching out to, not tired of reaching out to other people, but like I can play instruments. Like I can definitely learn how to produce. So how did I learn? Um, well, piano I taught myself when I was 13. Guitar I taught myself like a minute ago, two years ago, I think. Um, in terms of music equipment, once again, my ex-boyfriend came through clutch, bought me like a microphone, like a recording mic, like gave it to me. Um, he let me borrow his like focus right for a minute until I um bought my own. I um threw like him and my ex drummer Eddie Burns also taught me like about recording and stuff, but also like messing around on Garage Band when I was like fifteen. Like I learned about recording. I don't know, I just figured it out. I just, it's really just like patience. That's what I learned is so important. It's patience because frustration has only just made me mad at myself and that's never helped at all. So having patience like has really just made things so great because it's like, oh, man, I'm not figuring this out today, but it's okay because I can do it tomorrow or in two days and maybe I'll feel better about it then because I never know where my un- unconscious is going. So maybe my unconscious just isn't feeling it right now. Like my sub- unconscious, subconscious. <laughs> It's like, I mean, my subconscious isn't feeling it right now. So, like, it's just patience. Like, today I was, like, I kind of, I so I bought this I bought this keyboard a couple weeks ago. Got familiar with it, like, just, like, playing around with it, hooking it up, reading the little pamphlet thingy. And then I, like, started pressing the buttons and stuff and just figuring out things. Just, like, really just testing, trial and error. And then also just hanging out with folks, like, Omar taught me a little bit about mixing, which I still don't understand mixing. I really I really just don't understand it. I'll figure it out eventually, but not right now. So, yeah. Last year, you started Bonafide and Open yeah. Mic slash Jam series. Could you talk to us like, about like why you wanted to start it and what organizing it was like? Yeah, Bonafide. That was dope. Everyone says I say the title wrong, but I don't care. So, like... Bonafide? Bonafide, Bonafide. Really? I used to say oh, Bonafide. Bonafide. I used to say Bonafide because I like Bonafide more than Bonafide. I think Bonafide is nice. So, Bonafide... Um, so, the title came from this Capital C song. It's like... Bonafide loving. I can say it's a grown-ass woman. Something like that. It's like this, like this song I released like when I was younger. Um, and Bonafide just means, like, natural, like, genuine. And I was like, yo, I really like that. And I started because there's, like, not a lot of open mics on the South Side. And um, I just wanted to make that space where people could be vulnerable. They could just be themselves. Like, everyone's real chill. It's all love. Um, I think we only had, like, two of them, though. It it was getting a bit, like, hectic organizing along with being in high school. Like, it was a lot. And there's just, like, some conflicts, not, like, with me in the space necessarily, but just, like, in the space happening. But, like, I really just reached out to the space. Like, so I'm, like, a black. And, like, they were very accommodating. They were very happy that I reached out to them. I had had my... EP release there, like my first Just In Time For Love listening party. 
before I released the project, I had it there. It was like 50 people there. It was it was packed. The room was packed. It was so amazing because it was all these people that I love, 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 loved very much. And I just couldn't believe it. It was one of my favorite shows ever. Um, and I had also like the people who opened up for me were just like people I loved. So that was dope. Um, it was Christian Jalon, Tony Mer- Oh, my God. I love him. So anyways, um, it was cool. It was really cool. People were totally down to participate. Whatever the pay was, it was like uh, suggest a donation or like donate if you want, if you can, whatever. All of that went to the artist that was the featured artist. Um, it was really dope. I actually kind of want to bring that back now. But it's like about to be the end of the summer, so I should have thought about that sooner. Wow. Yeah. Summer? Still like two it. months. It's July 2nd. I'm going to New York in August. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Got a lot going on right now. But it's all right. Yeah. You know, there's a future. The future is now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your personal growth throughout this journey. So is there someone that inspires you in terms of their work ethic? Like, not necessarily a musician, but just, like, could be a musician. Someone who just inspires you to, like, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, so this is where my mom would come into play. And my aunt. Like, I don't know, they're adults, but, like, they always keep doing better. And they keep striving for better. And I feel like a lot of adults, especially once they have children, they're like, all right, my life is apex, like, <laughs> or climax. Like, my life is climax. And now I'm just going to raise these kids because, and, like, do the same job for 50 years. And that's it. Like, that's not how my how my mom or my aunt is. Like, they're always moving up. So I always thought that was really cool is to always just want to be wanting to do better and always doing better. Along with that, um, I struggle a lot with, like, believing in myself, like, if I have what it takes to to get to where I want to go, even though I'm not exactly sure where that is, I know that I just want to share my music with people, and it'd be cool if the audience grew, you feel me? Um, but I struggle a lot with believing in myself and, like, if I should be making music. But what has encouraged me is that, like, like multiple times over a month, like, I'll get, like, a random DM from somebody, and they'll be like, hey, like, I love your music, and just, like, very encouraging like I saw you on the street I was scared to say hi to you <laughs> I'm like yeah no come say hi it's all good um there's just like people who just like out of nowhere feel so inclined and so moved to tell me that my music spoke to them in some way and it means something to them that's so important like if you think about it this person listened to my music found my social media whichever way they found it dm'd me knowing that I, do, I may not know them and took that risk of me not responding, you feel me? And, like, cared enough to, like, tell me. That is so kind. And, like, that really speaks volumes about who they are and who I am to them. So seeing that I, my music can have that impact on people or, like, people crying when I sing. I just, like, stuff like that is very inspirational for me. Um, but recently, Angela Davis told me that Beyonce better watch out because uh, she liked my version of Freedom by Beyonce better than Beyonce's version, Dang. which was like, what? <laughs> That's Beyonce. So, like, that definitely got me all, like, an ego high. So, like, <laughs> that was very inspirational <laughs> for Angela Davis to say that. And I told everyone this. Like, I'm sure, like, anyone who listens to this has probably heard this story. But, like, um, yeah, and then just, like, recently recognizing my own growth has really been inspirational and just, like, like like looking at videos of myself when I was 16 singing and then listening to myself sing now and being like, damn, you grew. Like, <laughs> that's wild. How do you think you've seen yourself grow since you first started? 
Oh, so much. I remember when I was 16, whenever I finished a show with KMU, I would go into the audience and I would kind of rate myself based on how many people told me that they liked my performance. Um, I don't like that. So I stopped doing that. <laughs> I don't um, do that anymore. I don't measure my self-worth based on like other people's... I don't know. I don't even know what that was. It was just very like... I'm not exactly sure what was the purpose of me doing that. I knew that it was just like this very temporary high. And then I realized that only I could really provide my... Like, I need to give myself that critique. And, like, if I really want critique or I want feedback, I know who I can talk to. Like, musicians I'm working with or my mom, maybe, my family, you know? Um, this that. That's definitely changed. It's that, like, my performance. I get less angry at myself now. I used to get angry at myself all the time. I used to, like, shame myself for maybe not doing as well or not hitting a certain note or, like, being scared about hitting a note. That, and then whenever I'm scared about hitting it, I'm going to mess it up. Um, I stopped punishing myself. Now when I make a mistake, I'm like, okay, that happened. Like, all right. Like, <laughs> the past is only as real as you make it, you feel me? Um, so, like, I just, I, I, um, I'm much, I'm less angry at myself. And I'm much more patient with myself. There's that. Um, I definitely, I used to be in my own world, which was cool. But now I'm in my own world, but in a different sense. I think I used to be in my own world because I was angry at everyone else. I don't want to talk to nobody, so I was like, I'm just going to stay in this corner, and, like, I didn't hang out with anyone who wasn't my ex, and it was just, like, it was really tragic. I didn't talk to people. I kind of ostracized myself and my friends, and now, like, I'm in my own world, but in a very healthy way. Like, I go for morning runs, like, maybe four times a week, and um, during that time, I don't look at my phone, and I'll tell people, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to be on my phone while I'm doing this. Like, like I'll do that. Or, like, I'll go to yoga, like, on, seven, on like, 70th in uh, Stony, And I'll just do, like, I'll really just plan my own schedule. And like, I don't really feel like I need to pop out anywhere. Like, I don't feel like I need to be noticed anymore. Like, I just go to events that I want to go to. Not because I feel like I need to make an appearance like I did when I was younger. Um, I'm just so much more me-centric now, but in a very healthy way that is much more considerate of how my actions impact others. And without sacrificing so much of myself. So that's been really, really nice. It's just, like, I think the patience, though, is what I've enjoyed the most. It's, like, not being mad at myself anymore because that anger will destroy you from the inside out. So it's really dope to just be finding my rhythm and my pattern and my niche. Yeah. What would you say to yourself if you could go back in time to your 15 or 16-year-old self? I'd be like, bro, stop being a prick. Like, I would be like, stop being a princess. Because, like, when I was more like my 16, 17-year-old self, I'd be like, you need to get that anger out of the way. You need to be more forgiving. You need to understand the world is not black and white. You need to understand that everybody is growing. Like, there's a lot that I would say to myself, to my younger self, but I would just be like, yo, let that, let that hurt go. Because I had so much anger and, like, still, like, sometimes I get very angry and I have to practice a lot of patience and mindfulness to get out of that space. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, you need to cool out a little shorty. Like, just calm down. Breathe, please. But I don't know. I think it's difficult for me to answer this question because I don't think my younger self would listen. I really don't think I would listen. I think I would be, like, whatever. Like, one, like, your hair, like, it's short. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like I would, like, I was, like, really, really obsessed with my hair. And, like, I still am really into my hair. But I was very, like, prissy and, like, very, like, oh, I'm the shit. 
so like don't talk to me and like I definitely carried myself with an ego and like a lot of people would say that I thought that I was better than people and I never said that and I didn't necessarily think it but I now I totally understand why people said that mm-hmm. um I wish I was kinder I wish I was friendlier to people and I like would try to tell myself that but I don't know if I would have the patience just because I had to get through that I had to be that person in order to be who I am now but I also would say when things I think okay here's what I would tell myself when things are not serving you, let it go. Because I had a really bad habit of clinging to things that weren't working because I thought I could save it. So, yeah, I would tell myself, yo, let it go. Um, what did you think is, like, the biggest lesson you've learned throughout your whole musical journey? That's, like, a long thing to consider, but... The, like, the, a really big lesson I've learned... I am totally capable of doing anything that I want to do. Like, that's the wild thing. Is that, like, I thought I couldn't write certain songs. I thought I didn't have the talent to do certain things. I thought my range would never be, like, the way that it is now. I am, I, like, practicing is so important. And, like, proving to myself that I am capable. Like, I've just done so much. Like, Black Woman Spectra, I was like, yo, what? Like, and it wasn't until I was at college and I watched the video and I was like, Yo, this mat is, like, 15 feet by 15 feet. Like, this mat is huge. Like, I really put in, like, five hours after school, like, my senior year of high school, like, a day, just, like, taping together stuff, like, printing out pictures, like, buying, like, spending hundreds of dollars on stuff because I have, like, I have, like, an, I, have, I like, save money. Like, I don't spend a lot of money. I'm, like, really into saving. So I was able to, like, finance basically the entire project, buy all the outfits, um all the like hair materials too everything i spent so much money on tape so like i am totally capable of so much more than i expect so i've learned to just like not have expectations for myself and just like do things and see what happens do you have like time management tips on that note of like doing all that stuff in your senior year of high school for being someone who's really like ambitious and talented and also like you attended a pretty competitive high school so thanks (laughs) (laughs) um Man, I would really, now I kind of break down my day by the hour. And that's not saying I have to stick to that, but, like, that's my goal. Like, I, like last week, I planned out what I was going to do today, and I planned out what I was going to do tomorrow. And, like, today I was like, I'm going to wake up at 6.30 so I can go running from 7 to 8. Left the crib at, like, 7.15 for my run, got back at 8. And then I was like, and in my calendar, I had put 8 to 9.30 shower and cook breakfast. And by 9.30, I was sitting there eating my breakfast. So it's like, I don't have to minute by minute, like, do that. But, like, I make a lot of to-do lists, too. I write down things so I don't forget them. I set reminders. I use Google Calendar because that has a day-by-day, hour-by-hour breakdown, you know? I just, like, I think that's a really important time management skill is, like, quantifying your goals, you feel me? Like, adding time values to what you're going to do or else you're not going to get done all you want to get done and you're going to be mad at yourself because you didn't get it done and it's like hey it's all right man you got tomorrow so yeah just like use google calendar actually be realistic about what you're going to accomplish and know yourself well enough to know how long it's going to take you to do certain things what are your goals for your music man oh man okay so i've been writing a lot i really want to get like i'm thinking i'm going to do a guitar and vocal demo produced just by me and then later on down the line 
I'll have full band recordings of those because I do have full band arrangements, and I really want to get those recorded, but it's difficult to find people who will are, like, dedicated. And I don't know how to compensate people necessarily for, like, recording. I would like to pay them or something, you know. That's a lot of time for my own project. So that's my musical goals. Um, yeah, just, like, keep writing and stuff. Do you have other goals you'd like to share outside of music, but, like, you know, professional in general or art- artistic or... Yeah, I mean, I just want to do great in school. Like, school's going really well. I want to maintain that. I want to maintain the love that I have for myself. And um, I think right now my goals are just focused on maintenance. Like, I'm doing very well right now. I'm exercising, I'm breathing, doing yoga, drinking water, eating healthy. And I want to maintain that healthy lifestyle no matter where my mindset is, no matter where my... If I'm, like, have, like, high or low morale, you know, if I'm, like, feeling good or bad about things, you know, I still want to, I think maintaining a positive mindset is really my goal right now, is to continue growing and keeping who I want to be and who I am becoming. What can listeners look out for in the future for Capano? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm releasing, like, a natural skin and hair care line, so definitely check it out. If you want to follow me, please do at uh, K-O-P-A-N-O art. So it's my name, Copano Art, on all social media platforms. And that's also my website, copanoart.com. Honestly, sign up for my newsletter, and you'll be getting, like, email updates about what I'm up to. I'm performing quite a bit this time. I'm performing a lot. So I'm really looking forward to, like, getting out there performing and, like, showing people what I've been working on. And I think that's what people should be looking out for, just seeing me in person, you know. So because you're from Chicago, I'm trying to ask like all Chicago residents on this podcast, what's your favorite thing about the city or about your neighborhood in particular? Yo, I love the lake. I don't, I don't know how many people say that, but I love the lake. Um, I really like that about Chicago. I really like the queer of color scene. The queers, queers of color? Queers of color, I guess. That's what we're doing now. Queers of color. I love, I love my folks, man. That's really dope. And I, I really love that, like, music and artist scene, honestly. So, like, the lake and my uh, super gay art friends. <laughs> so, I think that's it. Thank you all so much for listening. Special thanks to everyone at Umedia. And you can find me, Kenyon Sola, on Instagram at S-U-H-R-I-I-L. And just to repeat it again, you can find Capano online at K-O-P-A. No art. Thank you. Thank you. Baby, just a minute away. Holding your wrist, baby. Don't let go, baby. Just a minute away. Holding your wrist, baby. Don't let go, baby. Just a minute away.